Welcome to episode 74 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Thanks for tuning in for another week. Plenty to run through as always with some insane depth in both America and Amar. Plus news from Monaco where another European record has fallen. But before all of that, in a week that saw some strange weather balloons being shot out of the skies in North America, let me welcome a guy who is full of hot air on this show. And just like those balloons, is easily deflated by a couple of big guns. How's things over the border in Wales, Joshua? I was wondering where you were going with that, Aaron. And uh, you, you, you said it perfectly. It's almost like it was... Uh, your it's, almost like it. it's almost like it was yeah. third time lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, no, all good. All good here, actually. I went for a run this evening and it's probably the first time in, I don't know, five, six months. The weather was amazing. It wasn't windy. It was, an, it was a nice temperature. It wasn't warm, but it wasn't cold. It was like a perfect tights long sleeve short sleeve weather so yeah i was quite happy with that oh lisa's feeling good let's welcome other co-hosts who i just mentioned who this week wrote in his weekly newsletter about imitation and he quickly went on to using kids dropping f-bombs as his example of this which left me wondering is he just imitating my anecdotes now and wants to be me how's things in the windy city shano well yeah it's not so windy this week but one thing's for sure i don't want to be you because you get ill every week um, yeah, but things things are good, mate. As as Josh says, to be fair, I've also been enjoying the blue skies and the less wind, which is nice. Good, good. Right, let's Shane. You can kick us off this week because Josh has done every other week for the last as long as I can remember. So Monday to Sunday, Shane. Lucky me, off. Monday to Sunday, seventy-five. Uh, you what? February the sixth. February the sixth. I'm on it, mate. I'm organised. I feel like I need Matt Clowes back because he always needs a bit of guidance. So <laughs> I kind of miss it. Yeah, no, I'm as you'll know, one of my strengths is organisation and uh, being prepared. So um, yeah, I'm on it. Monday to Sunday, seventy-five miles. Uh, yeah, standard week really. I'll I'll bush over all the easy runs because not much really happened on those other than me jogging. So. Monday, uh, 10 miles, 7.25s. Tuesday, just over 10, 7.12s. Uh, Wednesday, we did a session. So if you remember from last week's show, we actually finished Sunday on a session. So this session here, what we did on Wednesday was basically sort of the, the, the last, to be honest, probably the first bit of quite hard work um, I'll do before racing um, my 5K. So we had, we call it the mountain range. We start with a big mountain first, um, not because we go up hills, just because um, the graph on Strava and whatnot looks pretty. So we did three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes. Then we did two minutes, three minutes, two minutes, and one minute, two minutes, one minute off varied recoveries. Uh, the idea of it really is just to, to make it quite tough quite early. Yeah, we, I felt pretty sluggish, actually. I I keep eating wrong. I think I keep eating too late on a Wednesday. And because we've been doing these, like, just runs with sessions in the last couple of weeks, you get away with it. 
So I thought I'll eat a bit earlier this Wednesday um, because I knew I was, you know, needed to be prepared for a good session. But because I ate early, I ate far too much. So I did feel very full going into session. So a massive mistake there for me. But uh, I don't think it affected me too much in terms of quality. I just felt awful. Um, so I, I don't actually know my exact paces for them. I've got some scepticism with my watch. I think it's done me. But I felt like I was uh, moving pretty fast. And on the five minute, I did glance down at my watch and at about a mile, I think we're hitting about 4.45. So that was quite a hard rep. The loop itself isn't uh, easy. It's got like um, a little bit of a sharp incline on one of the sides. And this week as well, we had we normally like this loop when it's windy because it usually protects us from the wind. But we had a, a bit of a horrible wind on half of the loop. So um, is what it is. But yeah, um, good. I was quite happy with it. Good hard session. Um, I was trying to stay with Tom, and I just about did. So yeah, I was quite happy. I did hit the five minutes deliberately hard because obviously running with the other two, uh, that's where we. I, I wanted to make it hard then, hard early. Like the whole point of that is to you know sort of mimic some of those feelings you're going to be feeling in the race. And honestly, when I finished that five minutes, I was like, this might be me done. <laughs> I was ruined. <laughs> But luckily, actually, recoveries are quite big. So by the time we started working down into some of the shorter reps, I, I felt I felt fine. I felt pretty strong. So again, I've, I felt probably felt better at the end of the session than the start of it. So I was quite happy with that. I think I was moving fast, but my watch, I think, does opposite to what normal watches do on super loops, where it, it like makes people faster, mine makes me slower. So I'm not happy about that. It is what it is. We've got some hard work done. Um, I, can't actually remember last time I worked that hard in a session, to be honest. So uh, Josh Lund should be proud of me. Big session, though. Big fartlek. Big, yeah, I like I like a big fartlek. They just get you in shape, don't they? they? They also they also find you out if you're not in shape. I remember doing one with Clousy, and I thought I was pretty fit. And that boy can spank reps, but I'm good. I could catch him up on recovery, but he was destroying me on the reps. Yeah, no, they're good ones. But hey ho! But yeah, last one before uh, Battersea five k that we've got coming up. Well, this week. Um, so, I, I, to be honest, it's probably I'm still probably going to find it quite hard running at five k effort. But you know, I don't mind that. Thursday went to gym in the morning, and I did probably overdo it on some deadlifts, and I had a sore back. To be fair, today's been the first day. Today's Monday. Today's been the first day. It's eased off. So I just saw back from Tuesday, uh, from Thursday, sorry. But yeah, another um, 10 and a quarter of my run, 709s. Friday did just shy of 70 minutes at 7.05 pace. Saturday did, uh, I wanted to do a bit of a shorter run, to be honest. Uh, for once, I didn't actually have much on at the weekend. I'd finished most of my work, other than sending my email. Um, so I didn't have any coaching work to do, which I was happy about. So I'm going to have a nice sort of chilled day. So I just did five miles with the dogs and Ronnie, um, 723 pace. I overdressed big time. One thing I've been struggling with this week is we've had what, like, I don't know it's been the same down in Wales, over in Wales, Josh, but it's been what, like eight to 10 degrees most days? Sometimes yeah, it's been pleasant. A bit warmer. Yeah. But we'll go on one run, it'll be like nine degrees and it'll be freezing. And you go on another run, it'll be nine degrees and be mild. So I don't know. But I wore tights, a base layer and a wind jacket. And I I was 
I was sweating like like Josh Lunn in the Nike store. <laughs> yeah, so I'm massively overdressed for that. And then Sunday, so obviously a lot of our long runs, we put stuff in them to make them a little bit more challenging. So we all, we almost sort of combined a session with quite a few of our long runs. So this week I thought, well, you know, just a, an hour 45 easy long run. I was quite looking forward to it. A really, really nice day on Sunday as well. Um, so I was expecting to feel really fresh. You know, I hadn't done anything really hard from Wednesday. Honestly, my legs felt horrendous. I felt so rough. And I almost wished I was doing like a hard long run or something. Um, so I didn't really like that. But I know what you mean. Like, it's, it's those ones you're like, this is going to be really easy, really, I'll be, and then it's like, no, not one step if it's enjoyable. <laughs> and then I ended up just like moaning the whole way around. So, I mean, I mean, it was enjoyable. Company was great. We found some new, new, new tracks to go down. It was just from about five miles. My legs were killing me. I had no, no reason for it whatsoever. Um, it wasn't even windy. Again, lovely day. Yeah, that was that was our forty-five at six fifty pace. Uh, the good news is that evening, like, didn't feel like I'd done any form of long run at all. And again, today don't have any fatigue so the good news is whatever i felt it didn't carry over it's probably just because it was morning so yeah all in all 75 miles um generally i mean i've made a few comments on this week is i what the last few weeks or since i've sort of got over what everyone has had over christmas i, I think i've been recovering really well like i'm i think i'm just sleeping really well and i i use my garmin's body battery metric i look at what it says first thing in the morning and that's for me usually a good indicator for sort of how good i'll feel through the day in terms of if i feel well recovered and well rested and um yeah that's happening at the moment which bodes well because that usually correlates with when i start to get in some good shape and uh, feel confident so hopefully that's coming at the right time if you all in all Sorry, have you turned on your secrecy settings? No. Um, I've gone on Sunday run. Oh, <laughs> not make it to the finish. We couldn't be arsed. No, <laughs> we walked about half a mile back to the cars. Cool. So easing down now ahead of Friday, I presume. Yeah, so race is Friday. Um, so probably just do a bit of a light session tomorrow, and I don't know. I, I have to be careful because. I always have a temptation on race week to do very little running. Um, well, that sort of gets me demotivated. So I probably should actually sit down after this and just double check. I get my runs in order. Um, so I'm not doing like a 30 mile Aaron Scott long run on Sunday. So we'll come to that. You save it, you save it all for later. I can't wait. Shane, I might come watch on Friday. Oh, are you down, you're down in London? Yeah, because I'm going to Spain on Saturday, so I think I'm in London from Wednesday. So I'll. Uh, what I'll, what time's your flight on Saturday? First, uh, like afternoon. Oh, dream! You can come some for some beers after the race, then. <laughs> I got 12, 12 miles in the morning for fancy as well. Ah, uh, no problem. Come for some beers <laughs> with the lads. Anyway, that's my week. Let's um move on then to Josh going to your week. Um. I know you're excited to tell us about Monday and your. Do you know what? I'm, I'm more excited. I'm more excited to come to your long run. So I'm going to bath through this. <clears throat> right, um, Monday lunchtime, five miles, six twenty-eight, and I'm going to say the time because this is relevant. 
32.24. In the evening, I did the same loop. I did five miles, time 32.25. So one second slower. That is running off field for you. Tuesday, four miles, 6.33. Went out 10 to 12, so clearly was busy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I was busy, actually. I think I had a meeting at lunch. Um, yeah, that was kind of just shake out for the session. I was quite nervous for this session actually in the evening. I had six by one K off 90 seconds, but it was at 10 K pace. Sorry, at 5 K pace. And I haven't really done much of that intensity with Rob. To be honest, there isn't much difference between my 5 K and 10 K pace. In fact, probably nothing. Um, I wanted to, and bear in mind, my 5 K actual pb is probably not really it i think i should it should be faster than it is like similar to it's not as bad as your marathon chain but the same principle <laughs> so i wanted to sort of run 69s i thought 1422 i think that is i thought that would be between 69s and 70s i thought that would be pretty solid so and because i was on my own uh, that pace for a k is really really tough i found fine at least so I went 253, 54, 55, 57. That one was more sort of concentration than anything. And then 56, 55. So it felt okay. It, it was hard. Like there's no denying that at all. Um, the recovery didn't really make that much difference. I don't think if I had three minutes, I'd have run any really any quicker. That pace is just like quite quick for me. But I, yeah, I was reasonably pleased with that. I think... It's probably what two fifty five average. That's pretty good. I yeah, think... I mean that's fourteen thirty five. Which I mean, if you said to me one fourteen thirty five in a minute, I'd bite hand off. The thing is, well, I don't know if any of any of you have noticed this. Do you remember when we used to do six by k, Aaron, back when you used to train, back when you was in Lincoln? I think you're going to say what I was about to say. Carry on. Yeah, the target was usually like three k pace. Safe to say, I never managed it, <laughs> but. Like six by a K at five K pace is hard. Oh, it's hard work, especially on your own, as you said. Yeah, well, I I was thinking of the same session. We did it. I think me and Tom. I think Tom did five, and I did six. And I ran two forty twos. I don't know how. I don't, yes, it's with people, but I think what I was going to say is it's some of those track type sessions. You need to do them in the summer, and they take a while to yeah get used to again. And it's you can do them on your own, but only after you've done a lot of them, I think, and you're sort of in that period. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing to add, I think you just mentioned that doing them in summer, it was like zero degrees and it was bloody freezing. So that obviously, yeah, well, not ideal either. But I mean, yeah, I was pretty pleased with it. So, um, And then I was in London on Wednesday. I didn't get the early train, actually, which was quite nice. Um but I was quite busy, so but by the time I ran, it was half seven, and I jumped on the train to Battersea, um, and I just did seven laps. So did twelve miles, six minute mile in. There you go, bosh, on the nose. Um, and then Thursday, so we had quite a busy week at work. So I was meant to double, but I moved it to th- uh, Saturday again. So it's just meant to be four miles. Um, and then in the evening, I had a session which was three mile, two mile, one mile um, at threshold. So that was off three minutes and then two minutes. 
Uh, and I felt a bit better, well, certainly better than I did the week before at that pace. So I ran 14.50, then 9.57, then 4.54. Um, and I, do you know what? Out of all of those, the I find the two mile the hardest, but the first mile of the two mile, if that makes sense. You're probably, I, oh, you're probably trying to recover after the three mile. Yeah, I think so. Because the first, like the first mile of the three mile, it's like, well, you get going, that's almost free. The second mile, you sort of just concentrate. And the third mile, it's like, well, you just run hard for a mile. And then the, 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 I think the two mile, you're tired coming into it. And then it's like, well, one mile left, sort of just try and run hard. And then the last mile, actually, I was chilling. But I felt really, really good that last mile. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Three mile warm up, three mile warm down. Probably another seven laps of Batty. Um, then I was back in Cardiff on... Friday and again quite busy at work so I didn't end up running till just gone eight o'clock at night um eight miles 632 average again felt okay once I got uh, I think the, the thing is at the moment because I'm probably accumulating a little bit more fatigue so week on week I find it just takes me a little bit longer to warm up and that was certainly relevant today but I'll I'll tell you that after my last my uh long run uh, and then Saturday, so at this point, I'm on 57 miles, big 40-mile weekend pending. <laughs> so it is 12 miles in the morning, uh, ran with Dan, um, that was 6.04, felt a little bit tired at the end of that, but I think I hadn't had any breakfast. Um, for something like that long, generally, I probably wouldn't, but um, yeah, just the last mile or two, I was like, oh, feel a bit tired. And then I did the, any the breakfast. Dr- you started at ten forty two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were meant to start at ten because uh, Dan got the train to mine. Um, I don't know why we started. It took forty minutes to start. Uh, I think I picked him, picked him up at half ten actually. But yeah, no, I hadn't eaten anything. Um, I had a coffee and that was it. Then I did the double I missed from Thursday, so just four miles, six twenty fours. My legs felt quite lively there. Um, so that, that was good and then I was quite nervous about my Sunday run because so it was 24 miles and I haven't done the last time I ran 22 miles was when I did the Clousy mixed grill session in Flagstaff which was 13 months ago and the last time I ran over 22 miles was London Marathon 2021 so yeah it was a step up for sure um I felt pretty good, actually. I made sure, obviously, I had breakfast for that. So I just had half a bottle of porridge. Um, and then I had Morton every 5K, or every three miles. Um, and the pace, we so we ran 24 miles, 5.53s. And I didn't really fatigue. I, I felt a bit tired, probably even from 10 miles, to be honest. But I didn't feel really tired until like 22. You know that soreness feeling you get sort of near the end of a marathon. I didn't really get that till about 22 miles, which I was quite pleased with because when I did 20 a couple of weeks ago, I got that quite uh, like 15, 16 miles in. I was like, well, I'm very, certainly not conditioned. So that was quite uh, quite pleasing. Um, so I did that with Dan and uh, Luke. The Luke, his colour coordination was absolutely on point. I will know that. His pacing and running as a three was terrible. He was 
10 meters up the road the whole run which is quite annoying but there we go so that's my week 97 miles average pace six tens shane looks confused by something so you got tired at about 22 yeah and then run a 533 and a 536 to be fair majority of that run i'm not looking at my watch because there's only one thing that happens when you look at your watch. If you look at your watch, it's a 24-mile run. I was looking at it two miles and it's fucking hell. I've got two hours left. Two and a half, nearly two and a half hours left. I was like, I, I would imagine the reason it was faster was because the last two miles were on my own. And I was like, let's just get this done. Get it finished. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this now. The 22nd one was a bit quicker as well. Um, and that was with Dan. And that, that's actually quite a tough mile well i say tough you you go there's like a double out and back sort of thing up a flyover um mm. so it's not the quickest mile in the world but yeah i think it's probably a bit of that on my own and a bit of just wanting to get it done so so and then another question is um is this just sort of your self-selected yeah self-selected don't look at your run pay uh watch sort of pace or does it specifically want to be like um, certain seconds per mile slower than marathon pace? No, the, these are more, it, like, Rob just calls it like, easy, easy long run. Um, so at 24 miles, it's going to feel, you're going to feel tired at the end, regardless of the pace really. But uh, no, that pace kind of just, it's just what I feel sort of settle in. So yeah, the, from the, the first mile was a little bit slower, um, just warming up. And then, yeah, pretty much between five. I think five between five fifties and sixes is kind of where what feels about right. Okay, cool. Generally, um, but yeah, what I was going to say is, um, I felt my Achilles felt very stiff this morning. It's the first time I've run in the morning and or like before work in quite a while. So that's the only thing that I. I mean, otherwise, I've my legs actually feel fine today, but. I just need to sort of make sure I'm keeping on top of the tightness of my calves. I think that's all it is, really. Now, the, the only actually annoying thing about that long run was we got caught about a mile in at the barrage for about five minutes. I was like, oh, I really don't want to stop. But actually, I, I stretched a little bit and felt a bit better. So. so on the topic of stopping during a run, should we come to my week? Yeah, um, <laughs> nice transition. Yeah, so came off the back of a cold last week. Monday, nice and sunny. As I've said on the podcast last week, eight miles, 6.57s, felt great. So, week's going to be good. So, that was Monday. I thought I'd leave it at that. And I was feeling I was feeling better by Tuesday. I thought, I'll try a session today. So, jumped on the treadmill because I wanted to control it. And just did six minute, five minute, four minute, three minute, two minute, one minute off, all off 90 seconds. And I started, uh, probably, I probably should have started it a little bit slower because um, it did get a little bit tougher towards the end. But in general, I started at 320 pace and finished at a three minute pace and felt pretty good. I like, I could have done more. So that's why I wanted, I just wanted to keep a lid on it, get something done to turn the legs over because what's that, 50, 21 minutes of effort? So shouldn't be too bad. Um, and as I say, the first six, five and four minutes, I was running at 
kind of threshold intensity. So, yeah, that was all good. So I did that at 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Don't know why. And then I had to go get a light in the afternoon. So I doubled that day. So I did four miles. And for whatever reason, uh, it, it is fairly downhill. But I think I was also a little bit late. And I had to push it a bit. So I ran 703s and I called it Josh Lund's super easy recovery. Run. Um, mate, you wouldn't see a seven minute mile out of me, mate. Thought I was being funny. And then I think that destroyed me. So <laughs> Wednesday, woke up with another cold. No, it wasn't, it wasn't just a cold. So Eliza was on Tuesday when she was having her milk in the evening finished her milk and then spewed it all back up. So she's had like this dodgy stomach. And I also had a bit of a, a dodgy stomach. I jumped up. So I spoke to you on Wednesday. I'd put my, Shane, this is, I'd put my run off for ages. And because I wasn't feeling great. And then Shane had told me he'd done a session. And because I didn't want to press myself and look at his session, I thought I'd go on the treadmill. And I, I honestly was like, in like a cold sweat by like two miles i was like this is not good as you know when you see spots a bit yeah i was like i don't i think it's because i've just not eaten enough but i had eaten yeah before i lay into forgetting ill again because it's my favorite thing in the moment i get this quite a bit on like easy runs and from 30 minutes in i'll feel horrendous and then at like an hour i'm like i'm normal again but again, it's the sort of feeling you expect to get when you haven't eaten. But I always get it when I have eaten. And it's that same feeling I had, you know, when I said I did my shake out before Valencia. Yeah. It was that. And I wonder if there's anything to do with like sort of glucose levels or something. Probably. Do you anyway. I've, got, I've got that glucose monitor up there. I should probably put it on. Um, you got it. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, that was Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday, I was just feeling rough. Friday, feeling rough. Saturday feeling rough, but I'd committed to running on Sunday for 30 <laughs> and do, do you know what? Before before you continue, Aaron, when you said this, I thought you were joking. So fair play for actually doing it. Yeah, so it starts by I ate porridge far too late and I ate <laughs> a lot. And then as Shane said, it was quite warm. I put my jacket, I had a base layer a t-shirt, a long sleeve, a woolly hat, and my bag. And I ran over to the start. I felt horrific. <laughs> I did it at 7.35s and I felt <laughs> dreadful. Well, I like, to the start of what, Aaron? What did you choose to do on Sunday? The 30k. Exactly, you didn't say that. Oh, well, I thought it was explained. Anyway, <laughs> so I jogged over two miles, waited in the hall for a bit, then saw one of my guys james warming up and did a did a m- another mile around the field for him and felt a little bit better but already my hamstrings were feeling a bit tight like dom the, the, i think it's more like domsy like that tightness like you said the other week you, you can't put your leg down because it hurts that sounds like a stormsy tribute act which right now i'm very domsy so <laughs> the plan was to pace these two lads at about six to six tens 
and do it as a bit of perception. Now, we 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 go off, and James gets all excited, and probably goes off through the first K at about five forty-five pace, five forty. So I catch up with him, just tell him to ease off a bit, and then Nath and a few others join the back of our pack, and we sort of go a little bit ahead of schedule and it's kind of downhill for 3k and the leaders at that point i counted they were like 30 seconds up the road i think it was 35 and this is 3k in i said to naif i was like just got the urge to catch them and i'd already said like 10 minutes before that i'm Definitely, the one thing I'm going to do today is definitely not chase anybody down. I wasn't even sure if I could get around at six minute mile in. <laughs> so, why anyway? And I started chasing down. I was like, I'm going to do this really gradually. But they turned a corner and I'd already cut it down to like 20 seconds, like in the space of a K. So, I think I ran like a 318 or something. And then a three twenty-five up a hill, and I caught the back of the the lead pack. There's like four of them. I caught the back of the lead pack at about six k going up a hill. Instead of settling in with any of those lads, I went straight past them. The leader <laughs> was ten seconds ahead of them. And I was like, <laughs> "I'll catch him by two seconds every k." And yeah, I caught him by like nine k, and. We're going up a hill at 10k and he seemed to be slowing a bit and I thought, do you know what? I'm gonna win today. <laughs> and I felt fine. I felt fine. And I said to the guy at the top of the hill, I was like, Give me give me a minute, I'll help you out. Because I knew what was to come and I'd worked quite hard to get to him. So I thought, I'll oh, a minute or two and I'll be fine. I can help him out. And within five seconds he was pulling away <laughs> and and yeah within the space of a k i'd gone from feeling good and being able to push on to catch them to my hamstrings are in bits <laughs> and by 14 14 k well i thought at that point i thought i can run to probably i must be able to run six minute mile and into the end i was like it's going to be tough but i think i can do that and it's just getting worse and worse and i i had to stop it uh, just before the 10 mile mark and I thought if I stopped for a bit my legs would start to feel better but I could feel just standing there I'm not going to be able to run again so I waited for Philippa I actually started when she was about 15 seconds up the road because I thought I'd better get head starts so I can and I was like bam I was like tiptoeing trying to run and I had to so Basically, my, my plan was to run with Philippa till if you get to the 21k mark, you turn on the course, you turn left and do this loop back round to the finish. Or I could cut off the race course up the hill back towards mine or the school and cut three miles off it. Um, so that's what I did. I jogged with Philippa to the school and then took my number off and then cut three miles off the course. And I cut back out on the course at about 28.5k in back in about eighth position. <laughs> <laughs> I put the number back on. So I managed to make my way back to the 
school just so I get my phone and stuff. I felt, so I think I did 16 miles in all at 6.20 average, but that involved a good 11-minute stop. So, yeah, it's it was a very, very bad idea. And I feel very sorry for um, the two people I said I was going to pace. And the worst thing about this entire run is Shane obviously comment. I, I mean, I messaged Shane afterwards, so he, he was well aware that I was... I knew that I was an idiot, so he wasn't telling me anything new. And he's got the voice note somewhere, which he could play, which is interesting. But yeah, the worst thing about this is on Strava, the people who have liked it, A, Julian Spence, and B, Matthew Barrett. (laughs) (laughs) Every now and then I like to throw some value up there. I think I managed to get 45 miles in, didn't I? 43.5. There you go. Solid weight, Shane. So (laughs) That's um, an improvement. I can't run today, unsurprisingly, because my legs, they're worse than a marathon. Because the problem with Stamford is... It is really heavy, that course. And it was the downhills that were destroying me, to be honest. Um, And so I can't run today. Shane has written me a nice little plan. So... Let's see if that can work to get me back on the road to some consistency. It'll work if you well, do yeah, it. All you need to do is you need to just start running every day. That, that'll be a start. Um, go back to your weekend. I could be a real dick and be like, I've waited this moment for two years. But I won't. I'm going to rise above it. But what are you, you going to do? Because I'm guessing, like, for, if that was me, I would probably say, that's a genuine reflection now of your probably your fitness. Is that a fair sort of comment? I don't know because it's not really a reflection of anything, is it? Because it's too, it is a much too far to be a reflection of it. I've not done anything of that length. There's no chance. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. That, I think that that's what I'm sort of mean. Yeah. So, like, are you is because if it was me, I would probably. I think what you need is a target. Definitely, I, I've had and, the, the problem is I've had them. And I think the issue for me is I can be an idiot like this and get ill, or I could be sensible, run for seven, eight days, then get ill. So I'm sort of like damned if I do and damned if I don't. So just like stuck in this awkward place of not really much I could do. Like I'm, I'm definitely motivated to get fit, but I just can't break the cycle of getting ill i i think so i think that's the key thing and actually i agree with josh in one sense what you have to look at it now is since july you've not really trained yes you've got weeks back to back but you've had like big breaks so what that does is that stops you adapting that stops you getting back in shape so you've just spent over a over half a year detraining that's how i would look at it and then obviously you talk about part of this is is coming off the back of long COVID and a lot of the symptoms are similar to burnout. We've had this discussion. So, and and actually, you know, this is why I made that plan and I've actually done it run by run just on the basis of there's not much hard work in there because it looks like you need to come back from burnout. That's what it looks like on paper, whether that's reality or not. So your focus isn't, you need to do the running. You need to recover from the running you're doing. And that's why I, I think the it's far too easy for me 
to try and get ahead of myself when I'm setting my own plan and go, I can run this week, so I'm going to do 90 miles and do three sessions because I can this week. And then I just get ill again. Um, so we'll try Shane, Shane's approach of gradually we'll building up. Well, as soon as you accept that you can't do it, you'll get back to being able to do it quicker. I can, I can accept that I can't do it. But Perfect. when you when you go to a race situation, when you're not fit, there's always... I had it at Parkrun. I think it was obvious from Parkrun the week before when I ran with Ruth. And I was running at like... Oh, sorry, Philippa. I was running at like 19-minute pace. And I still... That day was like, I might go catch the leader. Yeah, but I, I think this is also important because that's what you enjoy. And yes, you know, we have to be sensible and accepting reality is very important. But also, we're not Olympians. We're not, on the scheme of things, good runners. So, you know, if you're in a apartment situation or racing situation, it's kind of like accepting what you're doing is maybe beyond what you should be doing at the moment. However, if you can do it, that's part of an enjoyment thing. And I still think that's important at a recreational level, which is what we are really we might be sub elite or whatever but we're still not getting paid to do what we do we still have to work full-time we still have to do everything that uh, professional athletes don't have to do so if you want to go to part one and be like oh i feel good i'm going to try and win it why not but when you're doing that all the time and that's then it's not working all you got to do is like or, or to con context josh all i've done for Aaron is just i've just written out six weeks if you do that six weeks you'll be so much fit than you are now because it's well within your capability. You've just got to be consistent. Yeah. So we'll get there one day. We will. Should we, will. Should we go there? Have we got anything? I've got it. I've got it open. So uh, Jasper's still on top, 131 miles. Uh, and we've got Kieran Walker in second place. He's done 123. He dropped a, dropped a little marathon in there as well. Uh, then top of the women's, we've got Rachel McGuinness at 88.8, and she just edges uh, Sally O'Gorman, who's 88.4. And then I've noticed, I think Aaron noticed in the week as well, Isaac Ellard, Peter Raboy, he has started, well, I think he listened to the podcast last week, the first week, or the week before maybe. He did 83 miles. Shane, you're going to hate this. 80, sorry, 87 miles, average pace. 540. And, no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of these runs are commute in the morning at like 5 30. He goes yeah. five miles across town at like 5 30 pace, jumps on the train, gets off the train, and does another mile and a half at the same pace to his work. How? Yeah. That's not possible. And it does yeah, the same I, in the I evening. I think I could do that. And he's running pretty well. He ran sub 15 at Peter Parkrun a couple of weeks ago. So doing all right off it. It's just madness. I, I I just can't get my head around how people do it. I can't. Surely that's not enjoyable, Josh. At that early at that pace, I don't think I could do that. Right. Should we go to some listener questions? I'll I'll give this one to you first. Comes in from Charlie Ed Shane to you first. Sorry, comes in from Charlie Edwards. Says 
he wants to know what tape session to do four days before his peak half marathon race. Any ideas? Oh yeah, um, maybe six eight hundreds at half marathon pace. Quite like that. Um, you're not running too far. Get to tune into race pace and. Hopefully four days before you're already starting to feel good. You're already like benefiting from some of the tapers. So it can be a nice little confidence booster for how you feel. I like that one. Josh, what do you do as your um sort of half marathon sort of session? Mm, four days out is a bit of an awkward one because uh I would six days out I'd probably be a bit better. But so I'm gonna say both. Six days out, I'd probably do something like six by a K, um, maybe 10K pace. Then I would probably do something like two by a mile at uh, sort of threshold pace on the Thursday. But then I wouldn't, I mean, I don't like running slow, I mean, like full stop, but I certainly wouldn't be jogging too much the two days before. So I think. When I did both, uh, I'm just trying to think now. When I did Paris, my the run the day before I got down to sort of six minute mile in, um, and it was only about four miles. But um, yeah, just make sure you get some strides in as well. I think I've done the whole week there pretty much rather than the session. But what did you do before your half marathon PB? Do you remember? I do on the so I raced Cardiff 10k on the Sunday. Um, which is funny because I actually went through 15k faster in the half. Um, and then on the Tuesday, I did two by 5k off maybe 90 seconds. I can't remember the exact recovery. And I, I actually ended up running a little bit slower than around the half marathon. Then, and that was pretty hard. I remember, remember pretty well. Um, and then on the Thursday, I did uh, six miles around 550 pace. And the last, I remember Matt Bray was being massive knob the last half a mile and we ended up basically nailing the last half a mile and got down to yeah sub five and mile and interesting it is funny like, okay. that's it like you can almost do anything and yeah yeah but i mean like shane my typical pre half marathon session is one two yeah four four days out five days out is that the wednesday before sunday um I usually like people to do about a mile at half marathon pace, then four by two and a half minutes. So equivalent to 800 usually, well, some people less than 800, but yeah, four by two and a half minutes at about threshold and then four by a minute at 10K pace. So just going through the, the gears a little bit towards the end, but yeah, not really. What's that? Twenty minutes of volume. I think we we'll give you a variety of sessions there, so hopefully you can get something out of that. Another one comes in from Callum Runs, and he says, "Running to time instead of mileage. Why, Shane? You run to time a lot, don't you?" Yeah, so I I like running in um, time instead of mileage. I think a, a few different things on. Well, it's how the body works. Body works on time and intensity. It doesn't work on minutes per mile. Minute per mile is purely a, a unit of measurement. 
I think if we tune into a unit of measure, measurement too much, I think we can um, we can get obsessed a little bit as well. And there's times for it. So I like running on time to easy runs just so it, it takes people away from having to think they need to hit a certain pace, run to feel. Um, we've also got other stuff like GPS error, you know, and nowadays, like if you're running 10 miles to your watch or you're, phone all these things have different gps so sometimes it's just easier to go on time because then at least you know you can be consistent each week um i think like it allows other stuff like freedom of routes again like if you've just got a 60 minute run to do at a certain effort you run where you want where sometimes if we get bogged down on like oh you need to run this many miles at this minute miling i think sometimes it can restrict us um the, the main thing is probably it's applicable to anyone then. So again, if if I'm to set Josh something trying to run a marathon PB, or I'm to set me something running my marathon PB, near enough 40 minutes slower, over 40 minutes slower, like a mile at a given intensity is going to be a different amount of time. And all of a sudden then you're starting to prescribe sessions at different percentage of somebody's max for different amounts of time. So there is a bit of a an intricate sort of physiological bearing alongside it. That being said, I do think if you're racing a 10K or a marathon or something, as you start to get closer to the end, it can be quite like useful for confidence if it's like I need to do X amount of miles at my marathon pace. It's good for building confidence and it's good to tune in to the tools that are going to be available on race day. I think I do the majority of the runs in the week all the time because as you just said if i give somebody a steady 90 medium long run josh doing that would cover 15 miles but somebody else i coach might only cover 11 miles so it's quite a big difference in mileage like so i wouldn't set him the person who's doing 11 miles 15 miles on a wednesday night because they might be out there for two and a bit hours which is yeah completely different run so I think the only time I, I tend to set, like you just said, a distance goal is sometimes on that Sunday run when they're doing like a marathon type workout and I'll, I'll break 18 miles up, then I'll break 20 miles up and 22. And that's the only time I sort of ever put a sort of distance in there. Um, even when they're doing their the normal sessions in the week, it's very rare that I'd actually set most of the sessions the distance anymore, unless they're on the track or doing it somewhere, which is a set loop. They know the distance, just get them to run the time or, you know, um, I'll give this question to Josh and me to answer. Um, so it comes in from James Tilly, any core strategy tips for a first time London marathon runner? Do you know what? It depends on the conditions because when I did it last time, the last 10K was horrible and I was dying, but I died. All that happened was I died less than everybody else. So the first 5K is going to be quick. So I wouldn't panic if you are a bit quick because it's downhill. Um, don't worry about your watch through Canary Wharf because it's probably going to be bollocks. I think a good marker is learn what your five k split should be, and just look at your just look at the um, the clocks. 
Uh, and do you know what? I would say just enjoy it because London's, I think, a very unique experience and especially Cutty Sark, Tower Bridge. And then, I mean, even just like the last few miles, of it, I think are just really, really good in, in themselves. So, um, yeah, yeah well, just enjoy it more than anything. I mean, let's break it up. I think, as Josh said, the first 5K is, is downhill. But it's only really a sharp downhill, isn't it? At about five. Yeah, it's a three. It's a three miles, pretty much. Yeah, it's the first the first drink station. And as yeah, as you said, like Cutty Sark, the noise is incredible. And I, I certainly one year was in a pack of guys, and I went around Cutty Sark, couldn't hear anything. Came out of the like S bend at Cutty Sark. And sort of looked well, could see the reflection in one of the buildings. And like Josh at Frankfurt had like a five second gap on the pack, so yeah, it's very easy to sort of get that adrenaline rush in London. Same at Tower Bridge, isn't it? Like you can you can run off Tower Bridge really hard, and then almost have like a lull before you go into Canary Wharf when you go into that tunnel when there's nobody at sort of fifteen miles. So, um, yeah, I think Canary Wharf is is probably tougher than you think it's going to be. Yeah, because I think you can, not only is it a bit twisty-turny, you can, if it's, if, if it's a bit of a breezy day, you can certainly get caught in like a wind tunnel. Yeah. And that, I know when I paced my Channon that year, it was, I was almost tempted to stop at 18 and it was so windy, um, I actually carried on. And I think, I think what they're trying to say is get as much time in the bank early doors so you can walk through Canary Wharf. That's, that's basically what Clarkie told me. That's what, that's what Shane did. That's what I did, um, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also a little hill in Canary Wharf, isn't there? Yes, around the, the hour and back bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, as, as a whole, London isn't the quickest course in the world. But I would say... I mean, it's certainly biased because it's the only one I've finished. But I would say it's probably the best course in the world yeah. in the sense of if you're British, if you've got friends and family which are going, you won't beat it. So, yeah, I would well, say more enjoy it more than anything. Once you and as as I say, once you come out of Canary Wharf, that six miles along the embankment pretty much is yeah. six, seven deep in people watching all the way along. Yeah. And I remember one year... I wanted to drop out. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't have got out of the course. So yeah, no, I remember that. It sort of keeps you going. Um, but it is often, because it's a sort of, you you, you run almost, what is it, westerly, don't you? You run north, north-westerly. Um, and you're always into the wind on the embankment. And that is a six-mile stretch. And you're often quite solo, so definitely save something for for that last part because you can pass a lot of people at the end. A lot of people. Shane, you saw a lot of people pass you, didn't you? <laughs> I I I there was there was passing of about a thousand people. Um I was letting them pass me. Not intentionally. No, I, I do um I can't comment on how to execute race tactics for london but i do concur with josh like the 
the crowd were incredible and I only wish when I did it the other year that I was at least moving properly um, to sort of experience that adrenaline rush. I did experience it over Tower Bridge. It probably it was one of the reasons I had to walk quite early. But um, yeah, I think, and and, it, and again, depending on who you are, sometimes you're going to get one, if not no opportunities to do London. So yeah, make the most of it. Yeah, I think the Mao as well is pretty unique in that it's there's so many people because it's quite a wide well it's a wide road isn't it there's so many people inside and it's quite a long stretch you turn that corner and it's you can see the clock and it's quite a while to get to that clock so um, there's normally don't, don't remind me I, I did 20 laps around there yeah no. There's normally quite a few fast finishing fancy dress runners as well. So, you know, keep an eye out for them. Watch out for them. Right. Let's go to some news. Should we start over in America again? Um, some insane indoor racing for another week. And we'll start with the 3K first because Josh Kerr, the Brit, mainly known for his 1500 metre running, stepped up to 3k and ran 733.47 so scottish record and he's now third on the all-time list behind sam atkin and mo farah um i think sam was meant to be racing and was ill i think i saw on social yeah i saw that as well but yeah not a not a bad way to step up and start your your ventures into some maybe longer distance for josh I liked his probably his biggest flex was wearing sunglasses indoors. <laughs> You've got to be good to do, do that. You not, do you not think he's got a really weird accent? He's kind what? of like half Americanized his accent, but then he's then the odd word is very Scottish. Don't you don't you see that with a lot of the Scots that go across? Like Chris O'Hare had Andy Lemoncello. They had the same weird. It's, it's a weird twang. Yeah, let's uh, go to the one make a mile, which is. The women's race, I think. I presume it is. Anyway, Laura Muir took the win in in four twenty. It was quite a tactical battle, I think. Um Katie Snowden finished third in the end in four twenty one. But yeah, I think it was a bit of a slug fest, I think, as Let's Run put it. Because yeah, on the men's side, Neil Gourlay ran another lifetime best this week. Seems to run a lifetime best every weekend at the moment. So he ran three forty nine which puts him sixth on the world all-time list and second on the British rankings. Have you watched the race? Well, so just quickly, most notable about this whole race, sort of, there was about seven of eight, no, maybe even 10 races. Across the, like, the 10 races, 52 Americans broke four minutes for the mile. So Not bad. there used to be a website that tracked every American who'd run sub four for the mile. And last week they came out and said they're going to stop doing it because it's not relevant anymore. Is that... But I think the, the other thing you need, you have probably said, Aaron, is in that race with Neil, Neil didn't win. Yared Nagoose ran 3.47, which is the second all-time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was meant to get Which there. is it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I've watched the race and he, he dropped to 25 last 200 as well. So I can see that world record certainly going um, Josh, he, I mean he's running phenomenal 
Josh dropped like a 26 in the 3K, didn't he? I, I, I didn't actually watch the 3K, to be honest. Yeah. So do you think it's what um, shoe technology mixed with fast indoor tracks? I just don't think they do easy runs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That on group uh, are obviously in very, very good shape. Um, Dave from Ritzline's doing a great job there. I don't know. Let's see. I think <clears throat> wait till they wait till they come outdoors. I mean, obviously, all of the on guys are running well. So they're all in the same shoe. Is it still not going to be skewed outdoors? So my theory on this all is: can one of these top lads just just wear yeah, like a pair of 2010 spikes? If they run the same time, I'll sort of say, yeah, spikes got nothing to do with it. Yeah, I I, I think it's. All of the above. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I just um... no. I, I think it's good. I think I think it's just that our sports moving on. Clearly, like this is it's balmy how quick people are running. But how? And obviously, we'll get to our mind in a second. How how many people are running these times? And the main change is the shoe technology. But what it also gets is you get the abundance of people doing this. Just it makes it easier. Like again, go rewind ten years. There was a few races on the on the global calendar that would have loads of people run quick, and like you know, like like Monaco Grand Prix, for example, fastest track in the world. Really good fields always lined up, so there was always quick racing. Now you're turning up to all of these races, and so many good world class fields are just uh, going after it. And I think that also that- produces quick times. That isn't what I thought you were going to say when you said Monaco Grand Prix, to be honest. That wasn't my first thought. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not into Formula 1, Josh. <laughs> but I like it, I just don't follow it. Right, should we go to Armar? Um, because, as as Shane said, after a two-year absence, was it three years? Anyway, after an absence, it's back. And seemingly quicker than ever, there was 17 male athletes broke 14 minutes on the night. How many broke 15? Has anyone got that? It was 130 something. Yeah, something. But what, I mean, what I found quite impressive is once per a time, 1420 used to be good. Well, I, I think I finished, when I ran 40, did I ran 1421 there? I think I finished about 12th. Yeah, I think I was similar when I ran 1420. And you're almost within touching distance of the leader and they only sort of, I think they only broke away in the last lap the night I ran that. So, yeah. And I, and I think actually, you know, I still think there was some consistent results through it. There was some very good runs, um, obviously, especially Henry McLucky, but I, I, I think, again, it's just so many people thrown into an absolutely rapid race. Um, one of the downsides for Armagh typically was sometimes it was it's a bit cold, and obviously I, I think it was more of a mild night. But just just so just so many people getting after it, sixty people fourteen twenty is un is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So, I I saw something. Have we done the results yet? No, I was just quickly you go go for, go for the results. results. So Henry McClucky took the win thirteen thirty seven. He he pulled away in the last lap, and then. Behind him was was twelve athletes separated by five seconds. So, like Shane saying, just you know, depth 
at a quick pace. So the second was Ty Dinger. I think he's an American. And they usually have a few Americans come out for it. And then third was Fergal Curtin. Fergal's actually the lad uh, who's in Cardiff. And then on the women's side, Alex Bell, who's about to fly off. Well, I think she flew out to Australia today for the World Cross. Um, took a narrow win in 9.02, just ahead of Carrie Hughes in 9.03 and Callie Fakre 9.12 in third. What are you going to say about the, the men's race, Josh? Did just uh, so Henry pulled away and he put an absolute monster sort of breakaway and we, it was about a lap and a half to go. Um, but what I know, oh, I saw um, Fiegel's, so he came third in the end. He didn't actually realize, he thought he was about to win. He didn't realize Henry was up the road. Wow. So he got just pipped on the, he said he over, I think he overtook six people in the finishing straight and just got pipped on the line, but he thought he was about to win. Jesus. Which I thought was quite quite funny actually because uh, yeah Henry went so hard and so and got away he got away so quickly bearing in mind the pace they're running um, I would love to have seen his splits I, he didn't wear a watch I don't think because it wasn't yeah, so, a striker but I suppose people who don't know the race it's it's, it's Thursday evening at eight o'clock start I think it's eight o'clock yeah seven. I think I had half eight half seven half something eight. like that so you know it's it's quite. It's, it's not a big place, Armagh. So it's you've not got. It's not like bright lights of London. You're running around a small little city, um, a little K loop around a park with some street lighting, and it's pretty dark and a little bit disorientating in places because it's just a blur because you're running so fast in such big packs on like a one k track sort of circuit. It's so I can see how he had no idea who was up the road or not. We'll go through a couple of more races from the weekend. Uh, Wrexham Half, very, very disappointed to not see the name of Matt Clowes in front of these doing the Wrexham circuit anymore. David, I will check the results just in case he's not able to further down. I went down <laughs> and I actually saw in 11th position Mr Anthony Hatswell, who sponsored our show a few weeks back. Running a time of sixty nine, something. Shape, yeah, decent. Um, so Dave Devine took the win in sixty seven thirty. Rachel Hodgkinson took the win in seventy six thirty two. The the only other race I wanted to mention was a world forty eight hour record, and I put this in the group. <laughs> I want to say her name is Josiah. Zach. That's a good go. Sorry? Oh, wait, that's not the hard... I was going to say, that's a good guess, Zach- right, but that's not the hard name. Zakraski. Zakraseski. Zakraseski. She's a Polish Brit, and she broke the 48-hour record. She covered 410.8 kilometres in 48 hours. I think it was the equivalent to five miles every hour for 48 hours. My question to you, Shane, how far... Do you think you could get in 24 hours? No, let's say 48 hours. What could you average per hour? How long would you last? I think I'm an endurance machine. So I think I could average eight miles per hour because that's my easy run pace. For 48 hours straight. For 48 48 hours, hours, yeah. Yeah, just no stop. Built for famine, aren't I? Fine. 
No, I, I haven't got foggiest. I think yeah, no idea. I'd like to try it one. I I don't know how most people's bodies would cope after about five hours of even like running for us running like six seven miles per hour i still don't know what your body would start doing after that sort of five six hour mark and she's done that yeah. 48 i don't there's, know what she slept but there's two ways into it i mean how you do 48 hours yeah i mean it, it's it's crazy but the thing is a lot of these events that um, a lot of runners do they're like quite tough courses like like the spine race and, and those series they're they're really impressive races but you know there's a lot of walking goes on this um, was the track, right this was the track yeah i i would like to do say like one of these 24-hour races where you know we do like a 10k loop and you can take teams or do it on your own um just to see what it's like because as you say you'll it'll be so comfortable running like yeah five miles an hour yeah. on average however <laughs> clearly not and it's not linear, is it? So, so we can have a inside jogging podcast, forty-eight hour race. At I'd Yard be Roulette. so bored after about two hours. <laughs> Josh would go. Out, you'll be, you'll be so injured after about two hours, mate. Yeah, it just run five fifty pace from the start. Yeah, Josh, you should be good at this because you run loads and don't eat much. So, Josh, there's your question: How long could you run six minute mileing for? <laughs> Me and Dan uh, Hamilton were actually talking about this. Um, without right, right now, yep, right now, if I did it tomorrow, I reckon 40 miles. 40 miles, no, yeah, a no. six minute mile, and uh-uh. yeah, no, no, no. Well, yeah, no, I reckon I could. You'd get to 30, 30, 31.5, 31.6. Yeah, you assume like, I'm going to run it all at six minute mile, and I'm getting time in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> right, question. Right. Just you can edit this out if you want to, but I love asking this question. If you had to do an 800 meters, and you had absolutely had to run as fast as you could for as long as you could, like full out sprint, do you think you'd break four for 800? Do you know what? I've actually seen this been done. Um, I can't remember who does it. I think Nick Simmons does it on his YouTube. So, so like, you've um, got to do an 800. Basically, flat out. But you, but have you get so much lactate. Yeah. You have to sprint all the time. Yeah. So, so like, like yeah. you have to do 100 metres as fast as you can, 200 metres as fast as you can, three, Keep and going. then basically you're just slowing the whole time. So, your last like 100 metres will be horrific. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Nick Simmons did do something like this. Yeah, um, it's like that sounds horrendous. By the way, I blew up in 30k, <laughs> not doing anything close to flat out like high end intensity work. <laughs> I don't think I would break ten minutes. Oh, I can't wait to retire from running. I'm going to try all this this random shit. Yeah, basically what Nick Simmons does on YouTube, isn't it? Right. What's coming up this weekend? So Seville Marathon is on Sunday. A few few Brits are down. Have you got any inside information, Josh? Um, Nothing inside, I think. So there's two people on my street running. So Clara Evans and Paul Graham. 
Uh, I I'm trying to think who else. Anna Bracegirdle. Um, I think Naomi Mitchell. Yes, I believe so. I mean, there's going to be loads. Let's be honest. Yeah, there will always be a few that we just don't know are rocking up. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be that'll be good. It'll be it's always a good one to watch. Um, seven, and seven. I'll, I'll be in Spain to watch it. So I think it's a seven thirty start in Spain. That's uh, yeah. That probably is about right because I remember when I watched it, watched the start last year. It was still dark. Maybe eight thirty. I don't know. One of the two. No, I think seven seven thirty is probably right. I think it's seven thirty start in London, so eight thirty. Oh, maybe. Anything else going on this weekend? World Cross. Yes. Well, yeah. World Cross. World Cross on Sunday. Do you know what? That just that. Not one part of me is excited to watch that. Well, I am from some, but it's a shame we've sent one man to the to the senior race. Um, I saw um, France haven't sent any teams. Well, it's it's a difficult one because it's going to be it could be really hot. Like I think the race is at five six in the evening, and it can, it's been getting up to the thirties in Bathurst, so. Europeans were not used to running cross country in any warmth, let alone thirty odd degrees. Um, so it's I do like the idea. It's at, uh, in the evening, though. That's quite cool. Well, is that or had to be really early in the morning? I think some of the junior races are at sort of three, four o'clock, which could be pretty brutal. I mean, they've had it. They ha- they did have it in Uganda one year, didn't they? And that was pretty warm. But it's inter- it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's not really relative to anything we do. It's not our cross country. I, I've I've seen. Yeah. Well, actually, inside running, we're talking about how brutal the course was because they had to run across some sand and oh, a couple yeah. of hills. I was like, "You Ooh. boys need to go over to to some of the courses we run for national cross, and then you'll see what brutal cross country is." Come to Come to Biscoforp in Laugh and you'll see what a cross-country course is like. We were actually, uh, when we were in Valencia for the 10K the other day, we were talking about um, Sam, do you, have you seen the video of Sam Eglin when his leg gets stuck in the yeah. mud in that in National Cross and he sits there for about 10 to 15 seconds trying to pull his leg out. He just walks to the side and drops and this is That's cross-country. Wouldn't you love to put like the top Africans around a really muddy parliament fields and just yeah, but it, it's not just the mud either. Like we're doing them like regionals is in January, yeah, nationals is in February. Like you you're running in awful conditions as well. Do you remember uh one year Knowlesley, Sunderland, like these? You're running in the the mud oh. is sub zero. Dave Norman, Dave Norman got frostbite at Knowlesley. Exactly. That's not even a joke. You got frostbite. Like, I, I've lost count of the amount of like cross countries I've done where I can't feel my toes because the mud is that cold and you're submerging fully into it. Well, so Sunderland that year at national, um, it was I think three laps, wasn't it? Four laps. Mm. I couldn't see the last lap. My sort of tear ducts, I think, had frozen over and I was like blurred. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 mates picked me up. Uh, so I went for a night out in Middlesbrough and um, 
I just got like straight in the car, couldn't move. I was that cold. Absolutely clogged up my mate's student house bathtub full of mud. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Matt Blunden had to undress me in the tent afterwards. <laughs> what about the race? Oh, yeah, that was a different. Time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Matt, we gave Matt a shout out last week. He's doing Limassol Marathon, so his mileage is going towards that. Right, boys, what are you two up to next week? Shane, um, you've so... got to... No, Shane's got something planned. Don't forget, uh, Jane, what yeah. You doing? I I always forget when I've got stuff planned. So on Friday I've got a race, Battersea Park, five k. Friday night under the lights. Then um, we're staying down in London for the big, big Lincoln away day holiday weekend. Got Peter K tickets Saturday night. It's gonna be sick. Sunday is actually my birthday, so I'll be turning twenty one. Interesting. <laughs> That's my week. Josh. Uh, so I'm packing for Spain, which I haven't done yet. I'm leaving tomorrow night. Then uh, I'm in London Wednesday to sun- Saturday. So I'm going to come watch Shane race. And if anybody is in Bath Park on Thursday evening, wants to jump in for a marathon session, feel free. I'll be there from probably about 6 p.m. Um, it's also my first week marathon specific training which I'm quite excited but somewhat nervous for then I'm off to Spain on Saturday and I'm doing my first ever special block on Sunday so yeah quite quite an exciting week and also quite ex- oh one thing I've forgotten is I'm picking my tracksmith kit up on Wednesday so that'll be good so you That's missed it. I think you've got a Something big tomorrow. Um, what's tomorrow? Oh, that's right. I've 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 got Maddie sorted. Me and Maddie are having a big <laughs> night out. Um, I saw on Instagram. I think I reposted it. Yeah. What What are you doing for Valentine's Day? It's like what day is it? Tuesday. I'll twelve by k. That's oh, me. Yeah. Eight by k. I love how Josh has extended it to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um. What are you yeah. doing, Aaron? Well, I'm also not doing anything for Valentine's because Jenny's abandoned me again. So I'm getting on the Shane Robinson um, program. Anyway, let's wrap this up, boys. We'll speak again next week. Have a good time in London, both you two. Good night. Thank you. Yeah. I'm an outlaw, I'm outstanding the law.